Welcome to the podcast, Adventures of a New You. I am Jen Park, social worker and fellow adventurer. I am bringing this episode to you. This is episode number 49 about being a one-parent household. This is a crash course in being a one-parent household. I am bringing this to you right now because we are knee-deep in the middle of a pandemic and many families have opted to have one parent stay out of the home. If that parent is an essential worker, then a lot of families are deciding to have that family member not return to the home and risk bringing the virus back to their family, back to their children, anybody else. So if you are used to being in a two-parent household, then you are used to having your person there for you in so many different ways. And when you're a single parent, you have to figure out all those things basically for yourself. So I caution you, if you are currently being a one parent household, I caution you not to call yourself a single parent because those of us that are single parents get a little bit sensitive when like, for example, your husband's away for the weekend and you're saying you're, you know, you're a single mom for the weekend. No, you're not a single mom. You are, you know, you're just a mom and you are not just a mom, but you are the mom and you are acting like the mom while your husband is away or traveling or whether you're the husband and your wife is away and traveling. Like you're not a single parent. You might be a, like a one parent household for the moment, but you're not. It's very different being a single parent when everything is on you all the time. So when you have someone that you can rely on financially, emotionally, and all those ways, like just be mindful of like the terminology that you're using. It might seem really petty to you, uh, but it's it's something that I know is a little bit of a sticking point for some of us. So sorry for that little little rant there, but just want to caution you. So I want to give you a quick crash course in surviving being a one parent household. Okay, so the first and most important thing is I'm going to share with you. Right now I'm literally in the kitchen. I am multitasking. I have so many different things happening right now. Um, So that is one, like you have to learn to multitask. Like, whereas before, like you might've been able to sit and relax while your partner did something with your child. Like now it's, it's all you. It is a one man dog and pony show and, and it's all you. Not trying to put the pressure on there, but I'm just saying like learning to multitask is really, really important. So. One of the most important things that I've learned is the importance of waking up early. I get up some, well, it's even earlier now, but it used to be between 5 and 5.30. I do that for so many reasons. One, because by the end of the day, I'm done. I'm spent. I just want to go to bed. I do go to bed when my son goes to bed. That's it for me. I'm not the night owl. I don't, like, stay up and do things late. And if that works for you, great. You know what? Stay up and do all the things late. But for me... Going to bed when he goes to bed, that works. Then I get up early and I can do all my things. I can work out if I want to work out. I can get extra work done. I can punch out a podcast. I can pack our lunches. I can, you know, in a regular day. Or I can meal prep. Like right now there's there's all this cooking, right? We have to cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that's when all the meal prep is happening. That's when I have time to sometimes like just sit and have quiet for myself. Having that time in the morning to plan my day, to just be by myself, that is really important time for me. When it is like like school work time, I get up that early so that I can be done all of my stuff 
before I wake him up because if, if I'm not like dressed, ready to rock out the door by the time I wake him up, it's a little bit hectic. No, it's a lot of hectic when I'm getting ready then because I need myself to be ready before I can attempt to get him ready. Okay, back to multi, number two is back to multitasking. So you have to learn when and how and where you can multitask. So like right now I'm making dinner while I'm creating a podcast. That's not something I typically do. Typically that is something I do in the early morning when I'm fresh and it's quiet. So forgive the dog barking, the kid asking me for things, even though I've asked him to give me a few minutes, all of that. So I am multitasking here. One of my favorite multitasks was actually from when he was little. And it was just like, you have to know like the ins and outs of your community and like what you can, what you can hit where and, and how you can merge things and merge ideas and like one stop shop, all that good stuff. So there used to be a pizza shop near our house and they had half gallons of milk. And sometimes because you can't get milk in a drive through and when you have a toddler who needs to have milk to go to bed at night and you don't have milk, like you find yourself in a front seat. You're like, do I go to the store? Do I take him to the store? Do I risk not having enough milk? What do I do? So that pizza shop was my saving grace so many times because they would deliver milk. They would deliver pizza. They would deliver milk. Did I need pizza half the time? Nope. But guess what? I ordered pizza so that I could get the milk delivered because that was the best use of multitasking. And then we always had pizza slices in the freezer, which was great on a night when I didn't feel like cooking or I needed a lunch or he was a toddler. He loved pizza. Like once he was old enough to eat pizza, I mean, obviously. So find the places where you can double dip and get things done for once. For once, for once. Second, or no, we're on number three. I didn't number them. Sometimes I have to get out one door and just the load that I have you have to figure out where you can delegate uh, grocery shopping that's a big one that also is like a little bit challenging now so you have to have some, like plan ahead I'm not even sure how far at this point because um, you know Instacart Walmart has pickup Target has pickup Amazon has delivery in some areas um, lots of ways to, to do that and there's also like this time I couldn't I couldn't get a good spot like this this not because I didn't plan ahead enough so I ordered like the um dry goods and anything be shipped I ordered that to be shipped and then I just picked up like what I needed like meats and cheese and all that because we can't have enough cheese in my house so 
I picked that up from a store myself and that was a little bit scary. So I highly recommend that you get on that delivery train and that you definitely tip your shoppers. It's a big thing. Okay, I touched on this briefly. Another thing that really helps is meal prepping. At this point, because we are cooking so many meals, I am meal prepping my butt off, okay? My son, actually, he's really been into, there's a, a breakfast casserole that I make for Christmas, and he's literally eating that every day, I think, this whole quarantine at this point, because one day he asked for it, and I was like, oh my God, this is genius, because I can just make the casserole dish, and then either I can heat it up for him, or he's 10, he can heat it up himself. Too easy, it's done. So, meal prepping that way. Um, other things, like, this is something I've always done, is if I make him pancakes, like, I'll do it on the weekend, and I will make a ton of pancakes, and then I put them in the freezer. If I make dinner, I try to make enough so that there's enough to put in the freezer. Uh, a staple in our house is, um, I call it salsa chicken. It's literally in the Instant Pot. It is chicken, salsa, most of the time cheese. Sometimes I try to get crazy and think I'm not going to eat cheese and then I don't put cheese in it. But that is like, it's taco bowl. It's taco meat. It is always ready. That is literally almost always in my house, ready for us to eat. There's other things you can, you can prep ahead of time like that, that are just super simple. You have them, you have it ready. That's good for busy nights when there's school, when there's activities. It's for right now, while we're all at home during a pandemic, when you're trying to juggle all the things, trying to juggle work and distance learning, you don't have time to stop and make lunch. I don't know about you guys, but I am busier than I have ever been. I am not complaining. I'm just telling you like, so these are the things that are helping us get by is that I have breakfast made. I have like lunch things that are either easy to grab or already made and just need to be heated up. And then I have been trying to like make dinner, but make enough dinner so that then there's some leftovers for the next day for lunch or, or something like that. Okay, the next one is to take care of yourself. I know, I know that, you know, I'm sure that's really easy when you have, not easy, but a lot easier when there are two parents in a household. When it's just you, this is a little bit tricky. So you have to find that time. So like I said earlier, one way I do that is by getting up early. When you're not in the middle of a pandemic, it's a whole lot easier to like find a sitter. Um, but there are simple ways you could do it. And also Is like if you have somebody on your side, that gives you that gives you intense like that. right now because it's not that safe. So, but you can have grandma FaceTime. You can have, you know, their favorite cousin FaceTime. To Simple things like that are so helpful. Uh, another thing that as, you know, as your kids are a little bit older, a little more independent, like we have an outdoor trampoline and that is amazing. My son can be on there. I can see him from pretty much everywhere in my house. My house is not that big, but I can, and I can hear him. So I know he's fine. Like that I can hear everything he's doing, but he has his space. I have my space. Um, a break 
break, give them some independence, have their space, you can have your space. Taking nice long showers. Those baby monitors, if we still have them around, like they're not just good for when our kids are babies. They can be, you know, school age and they can be doing their thing. And if you need to have the baby monitor on so you can hear what they're doing while you take a nice long shower or you just hide in the bathroom, do that. You know, find a separate area in the house where you can like take some time in your backyard, take some time, like where you're still safe, we're still at home, we're still following the stay at home orders, but you can have that time to yourself. Obviously, if we're not talking about pandemic time, it's a lot easier to like have some of this free time. You can, you know, move and shake a little bit more and, and figure out ways to have people help you so you can do that. But still, you know, doing all the things like I'm, I am, you've heard me preach. If you've heard me ever speak at all, you know that I am a huge fan of like getting up, getting a shower, getting yourself ready, throwing on a pair of earrings so that you feel better about yourself. This is another way to take care of yourself. You want to talk more about like working out, like working out with your kids. It's hard. It, it is so hard to juggle working out with your kids. I think I have an episode about this. If not, it's in my brain still and it didn't come out yet. But like there's, there are ways to work out with your kids. Is it harder? Yep, it sure is. But what are you going to do? Like, you could not work out and you could just, like, be a blob on the couch. That's fine, too. Right now, it's a pandemic. You take care of you. What if that means listening to your body and you are lying on the couch, you're reading a book, you're watching Netflix. Like, take care of you. Listen to what your body needs. Figure that out. The last thing is to find your tribe. You have to find the people that are like you. Because right now, like, you're not the only one that is, like, overnight become a single parent or single parent house, whatever I said, one parent household, that's what I call it. If you are, you know, normally, you know, you on your own, or, you know, if after a pandemic, like, it's not pandemic, and it's just like your life changes, like, I didn't think I was going to be a single parent, but when my son was 18 months old, it was like, there we go. I was on my own, been on my own ever since. And do I have great people in both of our lives? They absolutely do. And I am so thankful for that every day. But at the end of the day, like, it's not like a two parent household. It is, I am a one parent household and doing what I can, but I have found, I've found my people. I've connected to other parents in situations that are similar to mine. I have, you know, friends that they are, you know, one parents or two parents, like co-parenting, but they are, you know, in their house, it is one parent. You know what? I was wrong. I have one more thing that I want to touch on that even if you are in a situation like mine, you or if you are all of a sudden in, you know, a split house so that for safety reasons, like you still have to figure out how to co-parent because you have to get along, you have to work it out. And you like, there could be a whole lot of resentment here, whether it's because, you know, one of the parents decided they're going to keep their job, but the other parent doesn't think they should, or because that parent is like picking up all the slack at home, or that parent is picking up all the slack at work. Like there is plenty of room for resentment here and plenty of room for animosity and, and all kinds of negativity. But when you when you have a child with someone, no matter what your situation is, like 
it is in your child's best interest for you guys to be civil, to get along, to like make it work. And also to like have conversations about what's going on, whether it's you're together, you're not together. It's only fair for your child's other parent to know what's going on around your child, in your child's home, in your child's daily life. It's only fair. It's respectable. You would want to know if your child was with them, like what's going on around them? What are they doing? How are things going? What's happening? What's important to them? What influences are you bringing around them? That's only fair. It's only respectable. And it's important to like have conversations when you're making decisions about what's happening with your child, like whether that person is physically there, financially there, showing up. It's respectful and it's polite and it's what's in the best interest of your child. So knock out some co-parenting too, whether you want to or not, just do it. <laughs> so quick rehash. Important things to remember are in the crash course of becoming a one-parent household, get up early multitask, ask for help, aka delegate, meal prep, take care of yourself, find your tribe, and don't forget to co-parent. That is all I have for today. I just wanted to get this out to you. I also would love if you would sign up for my email list. I'll have that link in the show notes. Um, There's also a Facebook group, Instagram, Pinterest, my website, I will put my email address at the bottom if you want to connect with me. And I am offering coaches, coach, oh my gosh, coaching to women, mothers who are in the helping profession and looking to start their new adventures. I also am more than happy to throw out coaching if you are all of a sudden finding yourself in a one-parent household. You need some help. You need some support. Some support. Honestly, you just have a question. Reach out to me. Like I am more than happy to share. I am not saying that I do it perfectly, but I've been doing it for a long time now, and I have some insight that I am more than happy to share with you. Thanks so much, and have a great day.